I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I want you to tell me, why do you think Jigsaw would put you in a trap? I mean, if you wake up... You smoke your life away every day. You don't live up to your full potential. <laughs> so You live up to your potential. <laughs> now... You will smoke all the weed that you can until you die. <laughs> He's going to smoke you out to death? Yeah. I don't know. I can't. That's uh, not a bad way to go. I, yeah. I think that's what it would be for me. Fair enough. I think he'd trap me for being a podcaster. <laughs> a podhead and a pothead. <laughs> Welcome to the haunted hotel. You can check in. Everybody and welcome to the Screaming Room, the only podcast about horror movies. Uh, welcome to Spooky Season, Ralph. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Sam. I uh, had a really good week watching movies and hanging out at my apartment with a cat I'm fostering, and yeah, hell yeah, just chilling. Hell yeah. We're gonna have kind of uh, an unusual episode today, which is gonna kind of set the trajectory for our next uh, three episodes, which I'm really excited about. Um, but before we get into what we're going to talk about today, uh, is there anything you saw this week that you want to bring up? I don't think I really have anything this time. No, I, I don't know. I've been kind of dipping into some reality shows to just kind of offset all the horror and shocktober selections that i've been watching yeah i i will say after uh so last week we talked about series seven the contenders and you know in 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 the past i think we've talked a little bit about how uh watching you know a horror movie every day for a month like that intensity might affect you Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time a couple years ago where I did start having a couple of nightmares, which really fucked with me. But uh, after watching Series 7, The Contenders, and uh, talking about like uh, all the gun violence and uh, the Americana in that, especially the mall sequence, 
I, I had a nightmare about being chased with someone by someone with a gun oh my in God. a mall, <laughs> which See, I was very happy to wake up from. <laughs> this is why I smoke all that weed before I go to bed. No dreams. So I don't remember that. See, but if you keep doing that, Jigsaw's going to put you in a I trap. Know. <laughs> You'll never dream again. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get into uh, describing what today's episode and the next three are going to be, uh, uh, we want to say thank you to all the new people that have uh, jumped on board with the show and the people that have given us nice reviews. Uh, I want to bring up a, uh, a review we got on Apple Podcasts. Very nice review from uh, Scarlet Minded. And I think it's it, it's very fair. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> would not would not disagree. Title of the review: Evolution of Horror brought me here. Great. I was listening to Evolution of Horror, and it brought me here. I am hoping to listen to the Saw recaps, but it's been thirty minutes, and it hasn't started yet. Bummer. Period. <laughs> Scarlet Minded, you are not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I've re-listened to that episode. We do run our mouths for about 30 minutes, but we hope you stick with us because these subsequent episodes... We really trimmed it down. We trimmed that. it we down. Figured we figured out were, yeah, the, our run the times Saw movies were crazy. need as much attention as they can get. We get wrapped up in the twists and turns, but Scarlet Minded does go on here now, comma... I have listened through Saw 2 and love the John Kramer at dinner with the tip on the table gag <laughs> exclamation point. Yeah. Thank you, Scarlet Minded. Yeah, thank you. We were pretty proud of that bit. I yeah. thought I thought we were pretty yeah. proud of that. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to give us a five-star review, please do so. If you don't want to give us a review that's up to five stars, please email your comments <laughs> <laughs> instead, rather than posting them publicly to hamstring our we efforts to get this podcast out here. We want only five-star <laughs> reviews. <laughs> we are the podcast that begs for five-star reviews more than any other podcast. <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously, we we really do appreciate that, and yeah. we're we're happy you listened. So uh, yeah, I, hope I hope you made it through. Yeah, and stick with it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got through the Pope's Exorcist episode, <laughs> the shot on video episode, yep. the series seven episode, and now you're here with us in the Shocktober Week One episode, baby. Woo! <laughs> Uh, are we still doing Vuvuzela noises? It's 2023. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I shouldn't have done that. I'll delete it. I'll bleep it out. <laughs> I'm going to bleep out the first three minutes of this episode. Just one long boop. Uh, so, what we're doing this week is uh, we're going to be talking about what you and I and our friend Scott mm -hmm. have done uh, every year since the three of us have known each other. And it's not probably unfamiliar to a lot of our listeners. Like, yeah. like people love doing a movie a day type mm -hmm. thing. That's mm -hmm. Shocktober. Mm -hmm. Le Shocktober, baby. Le Shocktober, baby. Uh, you watch a movie every day, and then uh, you have a good time. That's mostly it. Yeah. But we had 
we try to add another angle that I'm sure some other people do, where we do a tournament bracket. Mm -hmm. So rather than watching 31 movies, we do 32 movies to make the math work. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like an NCAA. Yeah, the March Madness. March Madness. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. So each quadrant of our bracket is kind of analogous to the uh, NCAA, NCAA divisions. And each one of those divisions in our brackets is going to be broken up by a specific theme. Yes. Okay. Follow me so far, dear listener. (laughs) Uh, And in each of those brackets, you get down to the final four, meaning the best film in that theme for that year. Mm -hmm. And then you rank those last four to find the Shocktober winner. Yeah. Uh, we've, We've had a lot of fun with this. Oh, in the yeah. past. Yeah. yeah. Well, because we also will, the three of us will trade movies. We have a whole, at least, you know, one quadrant is stuff from, you know, my quadrant is stuff from you, four movies from you, and then four movies from Scott. And yeah, we give each other either recommendations or, you know, I try and find stuff that you haven't seen or, or yeah. I want you to watch with me, maybe. Yeah. But, I think yeah. The, the nice thing about having, uh, you and Scott, like, watching movies all at the same time is that, like, there's, like, a, like, you feel compelled, like, you have to watch Mm -hmm. uh, something every day, so I can finally give you a recommendation, uh, and you will feel required. Yes. To do (laughs) it. have to watch it in a specific amount of time. Yeah. 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 So, it really helps, uh, helps me distill my recommendations down to, like, something that I'm, like, this is going to be a bullseye for your tastes mm-hmm. and what you like. Um, and usually I, I try to find a theme mm-hmm. with uh, what I give both of you. Yeah. Uh, I gave you kind of a rough theme this year. It's, it's rough. It's uh, fascism and Nazis. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not a pro-fascism no, category, no, 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 no. <laughs> certainly. Uh, but yeah, I there were a couple movies I really wanted you to watch, and I was like, oh, I think I can pick a couple other that kind of fit this mm-hmm. like authoritarian right wing, yeah, sort of horror flavor. Uh, that and I found a couple movies that I thought mm-hmm. would be really good, yeah, and that yeah. I think are going to be really good. I know that you it. It's not going to be discussed today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you watched one of them. Yeah, because you had lent your really nice Severin Blu-ray copy of it. Yeah. So uh, my quadrant that I'm talking about today is going to be physical media that I have purchased media. and I hadn't watched yet. Great. Yeah. Uh, but this week, the, well, that film in particular is going to come up mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. But the way this is going to go, this October, this shock-tober, uh, we are going to discuss each one of these divisions in our shock-tober tournament bracket. Mm-hmm. We're going to go uh, pairing by pairing. So we're going to have two movies squared up against each other. We're going to tell you which one wins. And then we're going to boil it down to uh, the final four winner. Yeah. For that episode. In in each episode, we're going to end up with a final four winner. Yeah. And then in the last episode, 
We're gonna crown the. We're gonna cut down the hoop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put that net around our neck, baby. <laughs> we're gonna give it to the uh, yeah, the winner of Shocktober. So uh, this week, uh, I th- I think that we were gonna do it is uh, like we both have completed uh, one of our brackets or one quadrant mm-hmm. of our bracket. I uh, I think we're gonna trade off kind of talking about our pairings here. Yeah. And then when we get to the end, we're going to talk, we're going to boil it down. See which uh, films match up with which, which ones survive and which ones are the chaff or the wheat. <laughs> I, I, I don't really know how that goes. I'm not good at sports analogies. On the chopping block. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you kind of already said it, but your, tell me a little bit about your, theme uh for this week well i had originally lined up some other movies to be in this quadrant and i decided to steer away from some of the stuff that was either streaming or brand new and take a look at some of my blu-ray or dvd purchases that i've made in the last month or year or whatever that I haven't watched yet. There's a couple used mm-hmm. things that, you know, I can't, you know, brand new open, but I haven't watched them. And then there's a there were a few things that I got to crack open the seal and, you know, christen it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So your idea for this bracket is uh shit you haven't watched that you already own on physical media. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like you have uh every year I usually do a new releases mm-hmm. section. Now, like we've mentioned in past episodes, we are not talking about that, not talking about new releases, new streaming releases, new theatrical releases, even though this is the weekend that The Exorcist Believer comes out, <laughs> yeah. uh, because of the ongoing SAG after strike and mm-hmm. until they reach a fair agreement with the AMPTP, the Producers Guild. Uh, we are not going to be uh, leaning into covering those things. So if they call off the strike action, by the way, this month, mm-hmm. I've been saving that quarter of my bracket for the end. Oh, yeah. Because I've got a bunch of new stuff I do actually yeah, want I do to see. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not going to promote it on this show yeah. uh, until that happens. So Physical media that I've purchased and haven't bought was another category that I've thought about doing as well <laughs> instead of that. So I'm really yeah. glad that you're starting with yeah. this. I really I sh- like this. I should clarify that these most of these movies, I think all but one, I have seen before. Okay. It's just that I had these, yeah, these purchases that I made that I just didn't, I haven't used it. I haven't played with my new toy yet. Hell yeah. <laughs> Taking it out of the packaging. Yeah. <laughs> Ripping an arm off of your Han Solo from <laughs> Empire Strikes Back or something like that. Uh, finally breaking it in. So yeah. let's break it in. Uh, you go first. What's your first pairing in the uh, uh, not-so-sweet 32 here? <laughs> I started off with uh, an, an actual double feature Blu-ray. It was a Scream Queen double feature. Oh, and it was The Fog, John Carpenter's The Fog. Oh, yes. Wonderful, moody, uh, just such a... I, I love that movie. Like, putting it on, I put it on late at night, and I kind of fell asleep a little to it, so I had to rewind it. But it's just, it's a really easy, 
fun story. It's got some violent parts and Adrian Barbeau and just class Tom Atkins, Jamie Lee Curtis. I believe her mom's yeah. in it too. Really? I think I might be wrong, but there's another character in there from like Greece. She's the one with the maraschino, like the cherry. She's like one mm-hmm. of the victims. But then that was paired up with the other Scream Queen. I think they're referring to Jamie Lee Curtis in The Fog as the Scream Queen in this Scream Queen double feature. Oh, it, the disc is yeah. called a yeah. Scream Queen double feature. Yeah. I thought that was you editorializing no, no, a little it's, bit. No, it, like, it's one disc. It's got both movies on it. Uh, and I watched The Howling, which I had act, I had never seen before. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think I've seen maybe like a sequel. They get a, like really goofy. But... Yeah, I had never seen it before, and I thought it was really fun. Like, really, like, the ending was a lot more bleak, bleaker than I was expecting. Uh, there's just a moment where she's on, she's a TV personality, and something happens live on TV, and it's just, woo. Yeah. D. Wallace, uh, <laughs> yeah. Scream Queen in that. But yeah. So, I, uh, so you had seen The Fog before. Mm-hmm. Where did that kind of uh, stack up in your understanding of, or, or your appreciation for, like, Carpenter's movies in general? Uh, I Is mean, it mid, I, strong? It, for me, it's strong. I really yeah. like The Fog. There's just, it's just such an atmospheric experience of a movie. They, there's just really, like, it's so smoky, and it's kind of goofy, but it it's just really simple and fun. A seaside town kind of being invaded by ghost pirates kind of feels like yeah. pirates of the caribbean yeah. or like a, yeah or like a scooby-doo episode <laughs> a scooby-doo episode like absolutely like and the music is wonderful and yeah yeah i really liked that the first time i saw that 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 was one that i saw like pretty late in my uh viewing of carpenter's filmography totally um but when I saw it, I was almost surprised. Like I was, that I had always thought that that was one that people thought was like a lesser entry mm-hmm. in Carpenter's filmography, and I just thought it was so effective. Like yeah. there's so much like spooky shit in there. Yeah, oh. like it's it sh- great. Like like if that one is in your wheelhouse, it could easily become like a perennial watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. It. It feels, I mean, especially now that our weather is going to, I mean, it's nice today. It's sunny. We it's in the, the 70s again. It's in the mid-70s in Seattle. <laughs> but it is going to be shifting into this. It was kind of misting the other night where it's just that, yeah, it looks like it's fog or it's like water floating, you know, in the in the street. And it's like ah, such a fall and spooky kind of feeling. I love it. I really like. But yeah. So the howling. Mm-hmm. What were you expecting kind of going into this? Or I did mean, you I, have some I knew in mind? that it was a werewolf movie. Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that it was going to be sort of this small town cult of werewolves. <laughs> werewolves. <Yeah. laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um it's yeah, it has some really campy stuff with one of the like vixen werewolf characters that's trying to fuck everybody that comes out there. She's out there to D Wallace's character is, is there to sort of relax, I guess, or get her bearings. again. it's like a retreat space. Oh. Um, but yeah, there's some really fun special effects that they do with the, the morphing into the, the werewolves and yeah, it's got, it's got a, a good ending. That's, 
pretty wild. I was not expecting it at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to make the hard choice here. Which one of them is moving on to the Sweet 16? Uh, the Howling. Because I oh, I love that. Had not a, I had not seen it before, and I had such a good time with it that I was surprised with, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love The Fog, but I've yeah. seen it a lot, and it it's hard to not deny that, yeah, it was unexpected to, I, to really I, enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, I, I love The Fog. I love both of those movies, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, the Fog, as like a John Carpenter film, is like conceptually like almost... I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say that it's smaller, but it's... It is a little bit. It it feels like an old like radio play mm-hmm. adapted into an eighties genre film. Yeah. And it's really good. Like like I was not expecting a lot out of it the first time I saw it, which was probably fifteen years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh but that one that one's always a good watch. Yeah. So no matter who you pick here, you win. We yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to trade off our pairings yeah. here. So you did physical media. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> Give it to us. <laughs> I chose to flagellate myself. Uh, and this year I decided to dive into a very sub-sub genre of horror that I have not really fucked around with. I did Amityville movies. <laughs> Oh, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. How many of them are there total? Uh, just under 100 from what I can tell. <gasps> Probably about 75. And this so. is because the just there's no copyright? Any, copyright expired? Well, uh, anyone can use a... the name Amityville. Okay. And you can show right. that kind of like Dutch roof yeah. style on a house and like call it Amityville. And mm-hmm. It's it's definitely in this sort of uh, I don't know postmodernist <laughs> deconstruction of what even is a film like a type of yeah ridiculousness. Yeah. So there are so many of them. Uh, ones uh, films that are made by actual studios, maybe ten. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Not I don't. I don't want to be dismissive by using the term actual studios, but yeah. uh, big name studios like right. M, like the MGM ones, like things like this. There is a Bloomhouse one that's going to come up oh. in here, <laughs> uh, which is actually probably the worst one no. in here. <laughs> uh, but I was really curious to just get a flavor for this sector of horror because I've never approached it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's predominantly not, like I said, major studios. And a lot of it is just really low budget or no budget, like independent films, like yeah. especially coming off of our episode where we talk about uh, shot on video horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really curious about extending that idea into at least one of my brackets, one, one quadrant of yeah. my bracket. Yeah. yeah. And I, <laughs> I think I got about every possible flavor out of these movies, <laughs> except for uh, I was never scared. None of them are scary. Right, right. <laughs> I, 
I did laugh a lot and have a good time. No. So. Good. Good. So my first two. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, these are both made by the same director, Mark Polonia. Okay. And I'm hoping I'm saying that name right, because when I revisit our old episodes, I, like, say every single person's name wrong. <laughs> and I realized later that I was doing that. So, Mark Polonia is a... Um, he's a man <laughs> that makes movies uh-huh. <laughs> with his brother. Uh, and he has directed about 83 films now. Wow. According to uh, Letterboxd, 83 films. Uh, they are like Z-grade horror movies. They feel like an Asylum Pictures film or something like that. Something yeah. like the, the the company that made like Sharknado is what yeah. I'm yeah. talking about here. And I did a double header of two of his, two of his Amityville movies. One was Amityville in Space. Oh, from 2022. And the other was Amityville Island from 2020. Wow. So Amityville in space. Uh, it The title is the plot description. <laughs> <laughs> it is insane. <laughs> it's like... Something that we kind of touched on with, like, our shot on video episode, our SOV episode, is that, like, what makes, like, like how how do we as a culture, uh, a, an American culture, like, codify what is a good movie and what's a bad movie? Mm-hmm. I think the language of what makes a good movie is kind of owned, like, like intellectual property is owned. Like, yeah. Like, studios generally codify that. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but what we did talk about with that SOV episode is, like, we really appreciate when, like, some fucking weirdo who never will produce a movie outside of their hometown that mm-hmm. they grew up in spends decades, like, making films uh, at the risk of uh, their head exploding if they're not able to, like, get s- capture these moving images yeah. and then put them out to someone. Like, that's what Mark Polonia feels like to yeah. me. Like, like he's like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I have to do. This is what I must do. Mm-hmm. My body, <laughs> my brain, my spirit were not built to make anything else. <laughs> so, uh, Amityville in Space takes place when the Amityville house is uh, transported into space. <laughs> Uh, some of the funniest stuff in this is the fact that when, like, a spaceship, like, years into the future, uh, encounters the Amityville house next to a black hole and a giant pentagram floating uh-huh. in space, uh, they transport onto uh, the Amityville craft, uh, and then they're just basically walking around, like, some houses <laughs> and wearing stupid jumpsuits. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> Sounds, yeah. I, I'm great. compelled to watch it. I think if any of these, from what we've sort of been talking about in the chats, just like, yeah, maybe I'll watch that one. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I think that's up there in, uh, amongst these eight mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about. Like, that's up there for one, I would say. Yeah. 
it's worth your time. Yeah. It's a fun time. Mm-hmm. So compare that to uh, the second film in this pairing, Amityville Island, uh, which has a big shark on the cover, which is not really part of the movie at all. <laughs> it's not really about Amityville. It is like kind of about zombies. It's largely about genetic experimentation and impregnating animals and women with the some sort of device in order to bring about the uh, bring the antichrist into the world basically i think it's kind of the idea okay i really checked out on this movie <laughs> it's not it's not very good yeah oh god so uh i would say watch amityville in space Mm-hmm. You can skip Amityville Island, and this is my first exposure to uh, Polonia, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to fighting seeing out more. what else he has to offer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, and even though these movies are uh, two years apart, mm-hmm. uh, there is an office, uh, a, like a a scientist's <laughs> laboratory mm-hmm. set up in Amityville Island that is used in Amityville in space as a spaceship like uh, command console. <laughs> There's no changes to the set. Oh <laughs> it's exactly the same. It's so funny. Amazing. And it's very clear they filmed it in uh, the offices that their production studio works yeah. out of. So, good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Use what they got. So, Amityville in space, moving on to the next round. The Howling, yeah. moving on to the next round mm-hmm. for you. So, mm-hmm. let's get your next pair up. My next pair up is... Child's Play and Child's Play 2. Fuck. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. I've seen both of them before. I've seen Child's Play more than Child's Play 2. Um, I mean, Child's Play is just so classic. It's like the moment that we finally see Chucky speak. The first thing he <laughs> says is, you, you stupid yeah. bitch, you yeah. filthy slut. Because the mom has that wonderful, scary moment where she is looking at the box that the doll came in because Andy's being held for questioning because the babysitter, her best friend, flew out of there. Very sad moment. Oh, it's awful. It's brutal. But the mom's like shaking the box or like looking at it and the batteries fall out. It's so good. It's so fucking good. I will say this is maybe the only entry in the Child's Play franchise that has an actually scary few moments in it and that is yeah, one of them absolutely like, that, that is a chilling moment with with chucky and then when he like kind of like rolls under the couch and just oh, disappears that's the one like, that gets me ugh, every time ugh. other than him like running down the yeah hallway. running down the hall behind <laughs> the babysitter yeah, oh. yeah 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 oh it's, fucked. it's so good um also like yeah you get brad duroff he's you know just wonderful just so fucking oh probably my it. favorite actor absolutely yeah um Child's Play 2. So fucking fun. <laughs> no, wait, remind me so I don't mix this up. Is mm-hmm. this the Military Academy one? No, that's this three. Is, yeah, I think that's three. This is the one where we, we go to the doll factory oh, at the end. Oh, yes. It's Perfect. the uh, Andy's yeah. being sort of uh, living at a foster home with those really two kind of square parents that are like the dad's kind of awful. He's just being like, oh, we can't handle this kid. The mom's like trying. And then he has like his sort of foster sister. Um, oh, shit, I forgot her name. I think her name is... Uh, some, anyway, she plays the Kyle, um, the kind of rebellious teen. 
Okay. We walk into her room and she's smoking a cigarette. Hell yeah, yeah. sister. Um, but she's really great because she kind of protects Andy through it. And yeah, there's just, I love the fucking, when they, when we go to the fucking doll factory and we get to see where all these dolls are being made and it's really great. The, the end of it, the like melting and they just, oh. um, I will say also that Brad Dourif's voice acting in Child's Play 2 is like really really good it's amped up he's just like yeah. fully in it the way his he's his voice is so scary the way he can like get it to be that really edgy rough but like shriek of a yell it's like oh i mean great. the range that like he has like a really incredible amount of control over what his voice is communicating like mm-hmm. and he's playing like doc halloran in deadwood by the way the deadwood movie I forgot to mention this last week, mm-hmm. is the only other directorial feature from the guy that made Series 7, The Contenders. Huh, no shit. Daniel Minahan. So he made Series 7, The Contenders in 20, 2001, mm-hmm. 2001. 2001. <laughs> and then he directed the fucking Deadwood movie. Weird. And that's it. And then he's like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he has an incredible amount of control over his presence and his voice, like... Doc Halloran is very understated for him compared to like him in uh, obviously Chucky mm-hmm. or his uh, X Files episode. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, Beyond think the, the Sea. I thought. Oh, you, I think you're right. I thought it was in Paper Hearts. No, not Paper Hearts. That's it, right. That's the other guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he had yeah, to get paid a little extra yeah, money Scully's, for that. Yeah. Uh, he's phenomenal like that scene of him like that crane shot of him like where he's down on his knees uh-huh. like with his fists above him like he's oh. he's incredible oh, he's, he, he's such yeah. a good actor it's yeah. crazy and and his or daughter a, is in the uh the show i love that yeah. fiona, fiona duraf yeah yeah fiona duraf playing him yeah oh it's great it's so yeah <laughs> it's so good yeah, oh, the the possession idea they play around with that it's really fun just and so, like i'm I, gonna transfer bodies yeah, and yeah. and it's really fun to uh, obviously have the like gender swap and like the father daughter roles like kind of being interchangeable, and I also think it's really fun how uh, cruel that series is to Fiona Durham's character. Uh-huh. Like, like she's kind of this like legacy like actress like. Uh, for Mancini and mm-hmm. and for the Chucky franchise, and she gets a really raw deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in there. Um, the last thing I'll say before I reveal which one is moving on is uh, a friend of mine uh, messaged me about uh, how funny some of the translations of English movies, movie titles are in oh, Latin America. I love this already. And they told me that Child's Play is Chuck El Maldito Muñeca. <laughs> and what that means is <laughs> Chucky, that goddamn doll. <laughs> so I think if you add like dos to that, uh, Chuck El Maldito Muñeca dos, that might be sure. Child's Play too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that goddamn doll. That goddamn <laughs> it kills me. <laughs> so that in mind. So Child's Play, Child's Play Two are paired up here. Mm-hmm. Which one of them is going on to square off with the Howling? Dose. Child's oh, Play really? Two. I had so much fun with it. I love. 
I love the doll factory. I don't know what it is. It was just so much fun. Like, I love the first one. It's classic and it sets up that whole story and it's mm-hmm. very simple because it's just this child with like his mother and it's like very, it's a smaller story. And this one feels like a little bit more, I don't know, fun. They're having fun with like, oh yeah, this is a fucking doll. Like, I don't know. It's just the doll. I love it. I just love it. I see all, seeing all that plastic, like being molded and then putting together the thing and then the different ways that that comes into play with the last kind of chase scene and the yeah. fight and whatever. I love but that. Yeah. Amityville 2, or <laughs> Detective 2, <laughs> Detective <laughs> Doctor 2, uh, Child's Play 2, that is the VHS box art, I think, that fucked me up the most. The uh, the beheading yeah. jack-o'-lantern thing. Yeah, it, I was like, this looks so fucking scary. I think there's like a tagline that's like, I don't know. It's it's referencing the Jack in the Box. It's like, look out, Jack. Chuck's back or something like that. <laughs> or Chucky's back or something like clack, that. Clack, clack, holler back. <laughs> uh, all right. Can I do my next two? Please do. Great. Where in the world is Amityville taking you now? Nowhere in the galaxy, just on planet Earth this time, okay. unfortunately. So the next two... 2017's Bloomhouse produced Amityville The Awakening. And I paired that with the 2005 Platinum Dunes remake starring Ryan Reynolds. Oh, you did watch that one for this. I did. Okay. I did do it again. I, I, I think I had told you I was going to initially do something else here, but I thought this would be a much better pairing. Cool. Partially because, um, like I said, these are both uh production studios that are doing remakes like they're they're continuing ip mm-hmm. and amityville the awakening did one of the most annoying things i've seen in any of these eight films which is a character that i mean obviously amity amityville the awakening obviously is about a family moving into the amityville house right yeah the Oldest daughter, played by Bella Thorne, oh. is told by a classmate at her high school that that's the Amityville house. Duh. Mm-hmm. And he insists on coming over one night, and he's like, I want to show you some movies. And he goes, have you seen this? And then he waves the MGM DVD copy, copy of the original Amityville horror in her face. Uh-huh. And then he's like, we could also watch Amityville 2. The possession, and then he's like, We could also watch the remake from 2005. <laughs> She's like, No, I don't want to watch the remake. Everyone's like, Remakes suck. That's great. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, there is a lot of garbage in like the Amityville universe. Like, it's like I said, like you can put Amityville on anything. It's not like a copyrighted thing. It's an actual place in New York. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can say, like, yeah. If it was called uh, the Seattle horror, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like Seattle would be its own subgenre of yeah. horror movies, which make more Seattle horror movies, please. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. It can't just be the changeling and disclosure. <laughs> um, but Amityville The Awakening is about. Uh, Bella Thorne being moved into, as, a, as an angsty teen, being moved into this house uh, by her mother, 
played by Jennifer Jason Lee, who is unfortunately not very good in this movie. Oh, she needed a paycheck. Yeah, she's fine. I mean, she's fine. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen her actually be bad. Totally. In, in but something. there's probably, like, maybe a little noticeable less effort of... She's not. She's not given a lot to do. Exactly. I'm like, well, this material probably is crap. <laughs> yes, it's dog shit. Yeah. It's absolute dog shit. Um, uh, Bella Thorne's brother is in a coma, uh, and he's being taken care of in the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm gonna spoil some of this movie here because it does not matter. No, nobody's gonna watch this. It it sucks so much. This movie fucking sucks. Uh, a lot of the horror in the movie is about how gross his body looks from being in a hospital bed oh, because he's in a coma. Sake. Yeah, it's bad. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, it it's not cool. Uh, and then it turns out that uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh uh, moved them into the house knowing that it was the Amityville house oh. with the hopes that the... Uh, devil would uh, bring her son back to life just by, like, deciding to. Yeah. Uh, but he does kind of get up and get out of bed, and uh, he shoots her with a shotgun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, the Amityville Horror remake. <laughs> uh, the best thing is uh, how hot Ryan Reynolds is, is in this movie. It's crazy. <laughs> He's, like, chopping that... <clears throat> Chopping, chopping a lot of wood. wood. Yeah. Shirtless. It's is it raining? He's just really he's in the he's in the last act of the movie, especially. Up. It's wet. Yeah. It's a wet movie. <laughs> like the it is a it, wet movie. It's, it's it's uh shamelessly gazing at him mm-hmm. like throughout the back half of the film. Mm-hmm. And fine. I don't mind it. So yeah. the one that's moving on is uh Ryan Reynolds in gray sweatpants. <laughs> 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 it's the Amityville. Horror. Wash my clothes on his abs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I've got uh, Amityville in space and Amityville the remake facing off in the the sweet eight. Sweet, sweet eight. Sweet, sweet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What are your next two? My next two are really fun uh, how they overlap with some of our recent sort of episodes. Uh, the first one I watched was the 1988 remake of The Blob. Oh, amazing. stars Shawnee Smith. Our girl. Our girl from Saw. She's like the star of that she movie. She is. She's the star, and she's like... I mean, there's multiple people that aid in the the success, of the victory at the end, but she's kind of the hero. Like, there's other people, too, but she's... Yeah. it's It was great. Amazing. It was such a surprise to see her name in the credits and... And then see her, and I'm like, oh, yeah, she's got a great scream. And uh, that movie, I I think that is one of the best remakes. Agreed. It's like, it, the way that it still honors the original one, like, even in the way that they're doing the special effects, because it's all, like, practical. I mean, not pra- not all practical. There's, there's use of, like, blue screen CGI of yeah. some things. But the practical effects of, like, a lot of the blob stuff, the way that they incorporate, like, enlarging that in, like, a screen behind them or, like, later in post-production. But, like, you know, the original blob with... Is that Steve McQueen? Yes. Um, You know, you can tell that it's this, like, small 
thing of like jelly that they've like blown up to look like it's the size of a movie theater. The or special car. effects in this movie are crazy. They it's they're they, so good. They do what I'm sure they probably wish that they could have done in the fifties with the original of like there's a great scene where yeah, you see a guy like consumed and eaten by the blob and it's like his arm gets like kind of Shawnee Smith is like trying to pull him out of it and just the arm gets like melted away at the at the elbow and it's like it's nasty and it's really fun. I think this is one that like maybe like seven years ago mm-hmm. just estimating that time frame here that I had us watch for our horror club with Scott because I was like this movie is sick. Yeah. The special effects are off the fucking wall. It's so And good. it's way better than the original. It's way better than the it's original. It's so much better than the one from the 50s. The original or, is fun, because that story is there. Like, it's it's a good story. Um, but it's, you know, because it's sort of a... A lot of the, the early movies are just a little slow. <laughs> and it's, it's, like, hard to, hard to, like, get that momentum in there, but... I'd have to go back and visit it, because mm-hmm. I don't think the original is that great. Like, like, I think it's okay. Like, no, I, I, it's not a great movie, but I think, I think that the story that they have there is really good and they, they could have done more with it, but like, it's, it's a really good basic story of like this outer space comet or whatever hitting the earth. And it has this ooze that's just sort of consuming people and getting bigger and bigger and, but you can, yeah. yeah, you, the, this they really nail it in this like, one. Faceless yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And they, like, they get it, like, just right in this one of just, like, oh, yeah, it's disgusting. They, they can do so much more with the technology that they have. Absolutely. Um, what they're trying to do. And, yeah, it's... <laughs> and they turn it into more of, like, an action film. It's a little than bit more the original. Action, for sure. For, for sure. sure. They're running uh, around. They're finding, like, you know, weapons to try and fight it. They're figuring out, like, how to defeat it. And there's, like, explosions and that kind of shit. I'll I'll never forget seeing that moment of like the the face being pulled off in the blob the first I time you see it. Yeah, I think it's Paul when Shawnee it's Smith is so like, "Oh good, Paul!" Yeah, it's yeah. like it just like melts him down, it, and you see it just like so the skull like kind of cave in. Um, before we move on to your next one here, really mm-hmm. quick, uh, Chuck Russell directed that movie. Yes, and he is currently directing a project which is uh, approved for work by SAG-AFTRA. Cool. Uh, which is the remake of Witchboard. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. I love those movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those are going to be, that's going to be fun. Actually, it's pronounced Wedja. Or whatever he says. <laughs> um, uh, what's, well, no, last thing I will say about The Blob is that uh, the main uh, male character in this, I forget his name, but he is played by one of the, I think he's a brother of Matt Dillon. Kevin oh, Dillon? Not, uh, Is that his yeah. name? Kevin Dillon, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, he has like dark hair. It's sort of a mullet. He's got a leather jacket. He rides a motorcycle. I think we first see him sort of standing with his motorcycle among these like pine trees. Cool. And I thought, oh, this is like Twin Peaks. And then the next scene, I see Jack Nance. Oh, wild. <laughs> as like a doctor. <laughs> anyway, next one I paired it with was Ghost Watch, which oh. is a shot on video. The blob uh, versus found footage, watch. sort of broadcast uh, type movie that 
they played on BBC in the 90s. I think it was 92 or 93 maybe. And I, I forgot to look it up, but I it was originally supposed to air on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. I, it, maybe it did. I can't but remember. I think that I read that it was delayed for some reason. And so they they pushed it a few days in November. And so there were some people that didn't understand that it was like a Halloween sort of special. And I, I think I've even heard that the program that aired that, mm-hmm. like uh, the audience should have known better. Like, I mean, yeah, coming to the, the, the time slide of the program that was airing exactly this thing is Ghost Watch, which I could have puts itself wrong. forward as a uh, a broadcast that actually yeah. happened on the BBC. It's like a War of the Worlds, yeah, thing, because right? it it's had pretty the notorious. actual BBC reporters it did. in it, and so yeah. people I could see people who are just kind of not paying enough attention see these people that they trust with the news every night doing this program and kind of fall for it. Um, but it's it's really fun. It's it's scary. There's moments that I because I'm Pipes. cheating. I'm watching. Yeah, I'm watching it on a Blu-ray. So I rewound a couple spots because I was like, oh, I saw something. There's like a reflection, or there's somebody in the back, or it's just like, oh, there's just they do such a good job. I, it seems like they're kind of referencing that case that they talk about that that the Conjuring Two is about. There's that home in oh really like England. I think so because there's even a picture oh, I didn't think about that, that they're referencing where it's just sort of like stuff kind of hovering in the air. And there's that famous picture from that real case that the the Warrens investigated where there's like the girl just sort of like jumping on her bed and it looks weird. But it's anyway, it's it was such a really believable uh, execution of this you know, live broadcast, like special. It, it, I mean, it makes me think of, you know, WNUF Halloween special, which yeah. that maybe is sort of referencing as well. A just, movie that won my bracket. Yeah. Oh yeah. Number it's, of years. I watch back. it every Halloween now. It's I just, so good. I can't not watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so between the two of those, I would have to say, uh, the blob won me over this time. I mean, I, I, like I said, I love ghost watch so much, but that's a, that's a tough pick. I just I, when honestly. I saw Shawnee Smith, I just got so excited. I had I had no idea. <laughs> and it was really fun. It's great. Great to see her in like, yeah, that lead role in the hero of the movie. Well, all right. My next two. Mm-hmm. Uh not as bad as I remembered, but I watched well, here. Here's what I watched. Uh, I did the Amityville Horror, the original, from 1979, and then I did the sequel from 1982, Amityville, colon, The Possession. I have always maintained that the original Amityville movie is not very good. Yep. Uh, And that is still true in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. it, it, it's not very good. Like, there is some fine stuff in it. There's one okay scare in it where Margot Kidder sees a pair of eyes yeah. outside of her child's window. Uh, Brolin is fine in it. He goes into... He's, he's driven into madness, like, pretty early on in this movie. Mm-hmm. So he's just kind of like vacantly staring into space or like violently responding to whatever stimulus he receives like yeah throughout a lot of it a lot of it's one note uh i hate the ending of this movie it 
just ends. They they decide like, what if we went outside? The end. The end. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get uh, an intertitle explaining uh, what happened to them, which is that they moved. What if we just leave the house? Yeah. I'm like, you. Okay, yeah, they they didn't want to try after that because yeah. there's so many haunted house movies like that where that's that's sort of the idea is that you can't leave. Which actually, oh, that's gonna be part of one of my next movies that I talk about. But okay, anyway, uh, yeah, that like what you just leave, you just decide like, oh, we'll just get out of here. Like what? Well, and I do think there's something kind of interesting about the time that this was made during like kind of in the wake of an economic depression that echoes something like paranormal activity where like a lot of the constraints of you running out of the house are built around the fact that you can't finance another one. Yeah. Where are you going to go? All your stuff. Yeah. You you got your loan. Your, your house is underwater. Like what are you going to not deal with some ghosts? Yeah. You want to, it's either the ghosts or the bank. Yep. You got to pick your choice here. <laughs> Make your choice here. Which is scarier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and this one is more closely related to like the original source text, like the book that was written about these events where it, there was a house mm-hmm. in New York that uh, a family was murdered in, another family moved in later, mm-hmm. and they purportedly had some paranormal. Right experiences which are i mean they're bullshit yeah. they're made up they're yeah. fake it's fake <laughs> yeah uh so i paired amityville like i said with mm-hmm. amityville 2 amityville 1 is very boring uh amityville 1 has a moment where a ghost uh steals fifteen hundred dollars and hides it so uh someone who's getting married can't pay the caterer uh. Which is one of the silliest impish moments I've ever seen from a ghost in a movie. (laughs) And then Amityville 2, The Possession, kind of like gets right to it. Like, this movie is way more exciting. It's way more interesting. It is so smutty. (laughs) Like, it's it's about a family. I think this uh, takes place before Amityville 1. But uh, it's about a family of five moving into the Amityville house. Right. And the father is abusive, uh, cartoonishly so from the beginning, which like really puts this, uh, the movie really puts its foot down about being an exploitation film. Like Amityville one kind of, it kind of pretends to be a little bit classier. Like it's going to be the changeling or something like that. Right. And it's not that, sophisticated like it it's it's not that good yeah and this movie is like no this is kind of trash like mm-hmm. we're gonna lean more into like the exorcist ripoff stuff we're gonna do some shining stuff mm-hmm. like the first mm-hmm. movie kind of like danced around a little bit yeah uh but this one embraced it a lot more um unfortunately it does have a very annoying father in this uh, who is, uh, like I said, abusing his entire family in like an over-the-top, almost like comedic way, like you might see in I don't know, like a like a comic strip from like ni- the nineteen thirties <laughs> or something like that. Uh-huh. He's always walloping his kids or like right. making them yeah. say yes, sir, or something like yeah. this. 
Uh, he is, uh, unfortunately, also it turns out he's sexually assaulting his wife, uh, <sighs> which is not a byproduct of the house possessing him. Uh, and also his son and his daughter end up in, and yes, I'm going to say it, an incestuous relationship. Oh, jeez. Uh, I believe they just went so, for it. I believe some of that was cut out. So if you can believe it, this movie was directed by an Italian man. Oh, <laughs> mamma mia! <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, obviously, uh, religion is more centered in this movie than the first one. Okay. And uh, the last act of the movie, after the. Uh, the violence takes place, which happens pretty early. Like, usually these movies end up with, like, everyone getting massacred or almost massacred as, like, the last thing you see before the credits. Right. This happens right. at the end of the, the second act Oh, in this movie. So Damn. then, like, the last third is kind of a... I think that's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I've gabbed enough about it um, to make a decision, I think. <laughs> uh, Amityville 2. Yeah. Nice. Is going to win here. Nice. Amityville 2 is better than Amityville 1. Cool. I love it. All right. Amityville 2 is going to face off with uh, Amityville in space. Or, excuse me, the next movie. Yes. So I have well, In Space versus the Amityville remake, and then Amityville 2 versus an unnamed film yet. Yes. So we're getting down to it here, Ralph, for mm-hmm. this week's episode. Mm-hmm. It's Amityville versus Physical Media Week. Here on the screaming room. <laughs> What's your next pairing? My next pairing is a little odd, but it's Pearl and right. Skinamarink. Okay. <laughs> they both were two titans of 2022. Sealed in plastic. They both have really cute uh, slip covers. The pearl one has the sort of metallic kind of shimmer to it, like the X one. So you are wearing your A24X hat. Yeah. A world the, of sin. Uh, the online ceramics uh, collaboration. They do a lot of A24 stuff. Cool. Yeah. I love it. It's you, the, you came prepared today. A world of sin. A world of sin. So yeah. we know you're a pearl fan. Mm-hmm. I think it's fully established that this show are uh, absolute madmen for Ty West and specifically X him. and Pearl. Yeah. Love him. I did I, I so I did watch my Pearl Blu-ray, which I hadn't opened. I had to watch X, so I watched that. I already I already have that I had already watched my Blu-ray copy of it, but I had to watch the double feature. And the next day it was Ty West's birthday on oh, uh, yeah. October fifth. But yeah, I uh, it's I I love both of those movies. I think I prefer X a little bit more just because it's it's just fucking a fun slasher ode to OG horror stuff. And Pearl just is is beautiful because it's this it gives so much more meaning to a lot of moments in X and the way that that movie came about of them waiting to go through quarantine before they could film X. Mia Goth and Ty West wrote the story and the character backs, you know, all of the, the, the history of her 
while they were waiting. And, yeah, they wrote the yeah. backstory while they were in quarantine, waiting to be allowed to film in Australia. Yes, yeah. Before uh, the pandemic had hit down there. Yeah, and they had the whole set there, and they figured, I mean, we're, we're already down here. Why don't we just bang another movie out? Yeah, they asked A24 to give them a discount, basically, mm-hmm. or to take advantage of their mm-hmm. discount to film a sequel while they had their entire yeah. crew, their yeah. entire cast... And all their sets mm-hmm. down there, and a twenty-four. Thank God. Yeah, uh, they've said yes. They've it, also. It's such a phenomenal prequel. It's 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 so good. There are so many moments in X that felt different, or or it read differently to me after seeing Pearl. Do you think the? Uh, I've actually not. I, I was wondering about this. Uh, recently where uh, there's a dance that Pearl does in X in mm-hmm. front of the headlights mm-hmm. after she uh, uh, brutally stabs out someone's throat. RJ, yeah. RJ's throat. Uh, is that mirrored in the dance moves that she does for her audition in Pearl? You know, that's really funny. I should know this because I got up off of the couch and like tried to follow along with the dance of when Pearl was doing her audition. It was really fun. It's very simple, but it's also, I'm like, I'm not that coordinated and I don't know the moves that well. But anyway, um, a little bit, I think there was a little bit, but it's also, I, I think we see them more like right at the beginning of Pearl where there's, I think it's during the credits where we kind of get a little, it's the, the, the wonderful swelling music kind of by Tyler Bates. And I forget who else does it for Pearl, but sweeps in and she's kind of there's like we see her in her mirror and she's kind of doing these really simple kind of graceful turns with her arms up and i mean it's probably yeah absolutely mirrored somewhere because there's so much forethought into what they're doing and kind of what they're saying and even what they're showing with with that in mind of like yeah pearl what they i mean it's uh, i love it i love that it's so interconnected that way and like I mean, you can make good prequels having already made like the story or whatever and then coming back to it, but this feels like so special that they did it as going into that because then, you know, Mia Goth has that character backstory idea yeah. as she's playing Pearl in well, X. And and also you're not making a film that's responding to how a previous film was received mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Like you're able to just extend that universe like completely agnostic to what the box office receipts were, what the streaming numbers were or anything like that. Yeah. And it, I I think that gave them a lot of leeway, a lot of uh, freeness, freeness, (laughs) liberty. (laughs) (laughs) What am I saying? (laughs) I'm drinking a shot of whiskey right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Slowing me down. Uh, but yeah, I I think it's really unique uh, that production mode. Uh, yeah. So thank you, COVID nineteen. I don't think I, I should mean, be thanking COVID nineteen on the show. I'm I'm thankful that I don't know that the situ even though the situation with what it was with COVID nineteen was extremely difficult for so many different people for many different reasons, that people were able to utilize w- the situation they were in to make something really really just i don't know spectacular it's just yeah. so 
Oh, and at God, the time that so they produced these movies. X and Pearl, like they they really went through the work of doing that as responsibly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. the time that that production started off. Yeah. So um two of my favorite movies of the last few years. Yeah, for well I mean sure. they they came out like six months apart. Weren't, yeah, they, they were. The they were. Year? They were really close together. Yeah, same year, both twenty twenty two. Actually, I'm uh, annoyed that the cat is making so much noise in the studio. It's really funny though because he's in I, his little tube, his tube full of the, broken glass, batting at the little circular ball puzzle thing. The ball well, and the to track keep him going occupied. Around. I gotta buy him like less noisy <laughs> toys. I, like the combination of him like rolling around in this in this like flexible tube while batting at this it's so funny. I might take a picture. <laughs> take a picture. He's uh he's still recovering because uh I I turned to look at him in his uh window perch. We have a suction cupped perch that goes in the glass uh of our window over our porch here over our deck here. And I turned to look at him, and as I made eye contact with his sleeping body, well, I guess not eye contact, as I locked onto his sleeping body <laughs> today, one of the suction cups came loose, and I just watched him fall like a rock <laughs> all the way to the floor. Oh, poor guy. He was so confused. I felt Thud. so sad. He just hit the floor. And then he was standing there all confused because he was still half asleep. He's like, what? Happened. What happened? But ha- why how am I, I down here? here? <laughs> yeah, why am I here? But we can cast through this, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. We're leaving all the cat content in. So you paired Pearl. I paired it with and one of my unusual favorite movies from 2022. Me too. And you are one of the few people I can talk to about this movie because <sighs> everybody hates, hates it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to get a fucking surprise by the end of my bracket today. <laughs> oh, my quadrant. Okay. Excuse me. Um, uh, what's the movie? Skinamarink. I love it. Thank you, Kyle Edward Ball, for Thank you. making a very opinionated and uh, very long movie. <laughs> yeah. I So I posted about it on my socials that I was watching it. I recommended that people watch it by themselves, preferably with some headphones, but like all the lights off, like yeah, isolate yourself, quiet, like dark. Um, <laughs> I had a friend. I also, sorry, I followed that up with, if you don't have the patience to sit through a feature length of like a vibe, a mood that, that Skinamarink is, I said, you know, like you should check out the short. It's 29 minutes. It's on You're YouTube. Talking about heck. Yeah. Heck is by the same phenomenal. Guy, obviously Kyle Edward ball. Yeah. So and look up heck yeah. on uh, YouTube by Kyle Edward ball. Yeah. If uh, you want to find out, even if Skinamarink is yeah. for you, heck it's, is great. I, uh, yeah. It's equally as, skin crawling and just atmospherically eerie and moody and dreadful. And it's got that <laughs> liminal space yeah. type of horror yeah. to it that yeah. Um but I so I posted that I was watching Skinamarink in my apartment by myself and it was turning all the lights off. And I had someone message me saying just simply 
kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I said, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough is a great way to say it because it's one where I, I, I love this movie. I love it. But I also understand if like this totally misses you, like it doesn't click. Like you're yeah. gonna have a shitty time. It's yeah. It's gonna be a frustrating experience for, for sure. You. Like it like yeah. reminded me of the time I was watching a movie with my parents. We were watching Roma, and I swear it was the first shot of the movie. There's that shot. That movie has maybe beautiful film. That's oh, beautiful. It has maybe twenty cuts. I'm I'm exaggerating of how little there cuts there are, but there are a lot of really long shots that are it's slow but it's also like it lets you take it in and it's beautiful and i remember the first shot of the movie i'm pretty sure it's on the beach and it just sort of pans very slowly from like the beach into the water and like i have 20 seconds into my into it my dad goes all right hurry up like what's going on (laughs) (laughs) and i just was like Dad, like you've like we've all been like conditioned to sort of need this sort of like twenty four that show twenty four style like pacing of just sort of like oh my god oh my god oh my god my heart rate is at like one hundred ninety beats per minute you know every cut like is one second long and it's just like oh and so part of me is just sort of like oh man just like sit into it let it wash over you like I had a fucking great time watching it by myself in my apartment I told. Turned, excuse me. I turned all of the lights off. I had it was just me. I had it up pretty loud because I I didn't have headphones for my TV, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this. Skin of Ring, yeah, not Roma. Sorry, not Roma. And uh, I kept hearing my apartment make weird noises, and I'd sort of turn and look, and I would find myself just kind of staring at certain just spaces and corners in my apartment like so many of these shots are where they're just lingering a lot of them are just sort of like what are we looking at so it's i understand that yeah that it it's not incredibly stimulating at all times it's a lot of it's slow burning you got to wait for a lot of the payoffs a lot of the jump scares it's weird but it's also just such a it's such a like sickeningly empty feeling movie. Yeah. You know, like it's this, it's sort of this space that you're, you're really unaware of like where you are. What is reality? It's very, it's very untethering. The the entire experience of watching that movie. Like disorient, disorienting. Like, I mean, there are shots that are sort of upside down sometimes, or like you can't quite tell what you're looking at. And then your eyes adjust. My the one that gets me is when it's he's like, look under the bed. That one fucks me up, dude. Ugh. That one is so terrifying. Because it's and that's as following... close as that movie gets to like basically like a quote unquote like classic scare. Yeah, and that moment is like it's it's breathtakingly scary. Oh, like it, like my... if you're on board with that film at that point, if you're not mm-hmm. rolling your eyes, if you're not like if you're twiddling not, like, on your phone, yeah, like. Like you'll you'll get a lot out of Skinnerberg. Like I yeah. I told you my my two experiences, my two big experiences with watching this movie were drastically uh, different. Drastically different, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I had both. Uh, my first was uh, watching it 
basically at midnight in my apartment alone with all the lights out, sitting at my desk with in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And I had my studio monitor headphones on. Yeah. And uh, I I thought it was terrifying. I thought that movie was like uh, really upsetting uh, yeah. in the way that it, it it makes you feel, like I said, like untethered or like disconnected from yeah. the world around you. Like you're in a different place. Like yeah. you're in a different different realm. Yeah. And like uh, you're very susceptible to forces you can't perceive and can't communicate with. You're just like lost in the middle yeah. of this like desert. Yeah, almost, that's yeah. made up but it's of also, your living space. Yeah, it's like it's super familiar, but it's also not. It's I mean, it's uncanny. There's like, yeah, great. There's stuff where there's like voices that happen that you know it clearly is supposed to maybe be somebody that's close to these characters. Like we're following children around in this disorienting home space of theirs. They can't find their parents. It's fucking creepy. Like I, I think about the idea of just, I mean, just walking around your apartment or your space at night in the dark, like how kind of eerie it is of just sort of like you stand and like your eyes adjust and you're looking for something to be there. And it feels like there's something there, but also like it brings up memories of being a kid and being, I have some memories of, I don't know how truthful they are, but I have some memories of being left alone as a kid. And like, you know, like waiting by the door because I was so scared and like, the space is so disorienting in these in in this movie of like doors and windows and like where's outside is there an outside anymore like yeah it's just oh man i mean it, that's something that this movie does in a way that i think no other movie has attempted to like uh, do this which is like describe exactly that fear of being a child that needs to like even uh get up and go to the bathroom in the yeah. middle of the night in yeah. an empty house or, or not an empty house, a house where the lights are off where, yeah, and everybody's everyone's asleep. asleep. And like, yeah. you forget how, how fucking scary that can be yeah. in certain spaces. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it, it's a really powerful movie. Yeah. I think if, if you let it seep yeah. into you, it's the, so I, I do want to draw, Finish drawing this comparison really oh, quick. I was going to say, I'm sorry, I didn't let you finish your other viewing experience of it. So my other viewing experience, I like I said, I watched this alone, headphones on, by myself, in the middle of the night. That is the ideal viewing experience. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's how people should see it. Uh, the last thing you want to do, I think, is pop this on <laughs> with other people just to check it out. Yeah. It's going to be a disaster most of the time because yeah. uh, Skinner Inc. had a limited run in theaters. And it was playing downtown here at Seattle, I think, for a couple of nights, mm-hmm. just one weekend, maybe two. Yeah. Uh, I went to see it by myself. And I think I texted you and Scott, and I was like, there's a lot of people here, actually. I am going to count the walkouts because I'd already seen it at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, six, seven, eight people walked out. It was mm-hmm. a lot. Like, people were like, fuck this. This is so boring. I'm I'm done. And uh, frankly, uh, fair enough. Like, like I, I don't think this is a movie that benefits from seeing it with a group of people. I think it's, this is no. something... This is a movie, a movie about... This is a movie about... Uh, loneliness. Yeah, isolation. Isolation and mm-hmm. loneliness. And if I, you yeah. do watch it with 
other people, I, I honestly, maybe one other person. And if it's someone that you, I don't know if you have like a good movie watching kind of camaraderie of like, you can both just sort of sit in silence and like immerse yourself. Yeah. Cause I also yeah. like when I watch movies with people, it's usually a little bit social and it's hard not to like talk over things, which I mean, like there's definitely some space to like talk over this, but it's also like it, it should I don't want to have feel, a conversation. Yeah, I don't want to have a conversation. I don't want to like if you're pulling if you're sitting next to me and you're pulling out your phone, I'm like yeah. this is going to break this the is, membrane yeah. of I need, getting into this. Yeah, like I need to and have if you're that. not into it, I am going to be thinking about that like I it, it's a movie you just have to have a one-on-one relationship. Yeah. yeah. Or with someone else. Yeah, absolutely. That's receptive to it. Yeah. Like just to just sit and experience have parallel it. Parallel experiences you together. You can talk about it when it's over because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. you there's a lot of anticipation. And I think that's there's some great like suspense that's built with a lot of these like long held shots of these weird spaces that are dark and your eyes are kind of searching for things and sometimes there is something there and there's some really good like actual like jump scares. Like my heart rate was was definitely high. Like I felt like my anxiety. Well, there's two phone things in there. There's, there's two one phone that things really will kick you there's in the like, chest. <laughs> there's just like really creepy imagery too. There's like a Barbie doll that's like hanging either from the ceiling oh, or it's just one. like weird. There's just or that there's long a lot of hallway of all the Legos. Yeah, and the toys Legos on the ceiling. Yeah. What's funny is I did see some people because the I think the movie at the beginning says like it's the year like 1992 yeah something like that early 90s maybe mid 90s but there were people that were watching the movie so attentively probably some real lego nerds who noticed that there were specific (laughs) lego pieces (laughs) that there were there were in these shots and they're like um this that set was not available until 1999 which is before you know at well after this movie is supposedly the the writer director kyle edward ball from what i've seen has been very game with that he's oh yeah i mean like i thought i did my research to like yeah make this all play Mm -hmm. for like a 1992 movie or whatever yeah but people are calling me out on these fucking Lego yeah. pieces and, yeah. you know, Godspeed. Yep. Good <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, so, it's the uh, last thing I want to say about it good. is that the, uh, I mean, like there's a lot of silence in the soundtrack, but there's a lot of the sort of whatever free, uh, free archive cartoon. There's some like old time cartoons that are just constantly playing on this TV and I'm it, the evil pincushion man. I fucking Villain love of it. Balloony land. Because you get it from, you know, the volume and the sound of it from different rooms in the house. So it changes how loud it is, how clear it is. But it has that distinct sound of like a TV being on. And it feels like this TV is just on constantly. And there's something so just disturbing to me about an empty, dark house with like a TV playing. And it's just constantly playing. There's no, nobody's changing it. Like it feels just empty. Like it's a vacuous space. Like something has, life has disappeared. Even at that time, like even at the time that this movie takes place, like those cartoons are probably 30 years old at at least. Yeah. Yeah. And these are children like, like they, they're, that are, that are trapped in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like they're seeking out. One of the only forms of comfort they can find, which is mm-hmm. the television. Yeah, television the or only, the toys. Yeah. Yeah. And the only things they can get from the TV are like these cartoons that probably don't mean I mean anything. I, 
I they don't mean anything to the kids for sure, but I if you watch the cartoons, there are some moments where it's like, oh, this is this is specific. He found this moment in this cartoon that's kind of relating to what's happening in the movie. There's one where like I think it's just some it's either a dog or a cat character and he's opening a door and behind each door that he opens is just another door to open. Oh yeah. And there's a lot of these shots of these spaces of the kids recognizing like, hey, wait, there was a door there. There was a window there. There was a, there was this there. We suddenly, there's, there's a moment where the toilet disappears and then they like, that's there's a, a shot that's of a like really weird some moment. buckets kind of being shoved over there and you hear one of the kids just kind of go, gross. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the last thing about the cartoons I want to mm-hmm, add mm-hmm. is uh, one of the cartoons I recognized uh, only because it's featured uh, in an episode of Mystery Science Theater called Merlin's Shop of Mystical Wonders. Oh, <laughs> and funny. And I was like, That's one of the best oh, episodes. I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know the lines to this cartoon. Yeah. yeah. So in your pairing, I mean, we've obviously spent a whole bunch of time talking about Skinnamarink compared to Pearl. I Skinnamarink is, is moving on. I love Pearl with on. all my heart, I, but... I just having this experience of watching it uh, at home by myself with all the lights off. And like I said, like hearing the apartment make weird noises and I'd look over and I'm like hearing things happen. I'm like, I know it's just, you know, old building noises, but um, yeah. And also just (laughs) the fact that it is so divisive and receiving that message from my friend (laughs) being like kind of dumb. I'm like, (laughs) more for me. More skinnamarink for yeah, me. It's just it's 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 an experience. It's just a feeling of of yeah of dread and eeriness and desolation and isolation and yeah loneliness and and that sort of naivety of being a kid and I don't know wh- yeah what if you're suddenly yeah. like yeah in a space that it's like is the not inverse reality. of and now we're dipping back into it a little bit yeah it's kind of like the inverse of like that feeling of when you're a kid or like uh where where like the parents are gone so you get mm-hmm. to do whatever you want mm-hmm. but uh in this movie the parents are gone forever forever and yeah you can't leave the house it's like this movie yeah. like i i i thought this movie was uh profoundly scary yeah. Like, yeah. in a way, like I thought this was really, really, really effective in the way that like uh, a lot of uh, like like Marble Hornets mm-hmm. was scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's less like you're waiting for a Slender Man to come out, even yeah. though some people feel that way. Yeah. I mean, there are moments of that yeah, in Skinnerberg, but it's uh, existentially fucking dreadful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I was so surprised, I guess, with how divisive it was. I'm like. All this fucking talk totally about get elevated horror and about things having like meaning and it's like like everything means something and it's so much deeper than that. I'm like, you get something like Skinnamarink where it's like, I feel like that just like distilled into like emotion of like experience of being in it. Yeah. And people are like, this is fucking boring. This is stupid. Yeah, like, I'm like, okay, like yeah. The, right. the, experience, the experience word there, I think, is exactly what the value is in this movie, mm-hmm. which is that... This is an emotionally experiential film. Yeah. Like, the narrative does not matter. It doesn't really matter. It, no. it, it really doesn't. No. And, like, that gets into, like, something I really loved about the documentary Leviathan from, like, maybe 10 years ago now. I still uh, need to watch that. It's, it's going to be an odd one, but they, um, 
uh, the premise of that film is about basically uh, filming a fishing vessel and using small cameras in order to capture a lot of uh, imagery that are not connected to a narrative in order to make you feel that space and like the materials of being on that boat, whether it's water, dead fish, whether it's seagulls, whether it's chains, whether it's ocean spray coming over the bow, whether Mm -hmm. it's just someone sitting by themselves for 20 minutes, which is seen in that movie yeah <laughs> like it's it's about making you feel what this experience is like being on this boat mm-hmm. and in skinnamarink this boat happens to be uh very haunted <laughs> a very yeah very haunted house <laughs> okay i'm gonna move on to two movies yeah. that require a lot Your less analysis <laughs> <laughs> i took up a lot of time there this is we gonna, can edit that down this is gonna go a li- no i can edit that down. i mean <laughs> but yes uh so my last two amityville movies here are uh oh my goodness uh one from this year called amityville christmas vacation <laughs> and then one from last year called amityville karen Oh, boy. (laughs) So, one of these movies is definitely going to beat the other one. I would also (laughs) like to add that uh, one of these movies is 100 minutes long. And one of them is 50 minutes long. (gasps) 50? 50. Five zero? Five zero. Wow. It would be... Actually, it would be kind of tight if it was 500 minutes long. <laughs> it's like the Berlin Alexander plots of oh my like God. Amityville movies. <laughs> like Vim Vendors like yeah, finally right. made... <laughs> the finally ultimate made Amityville, Amityville movie. The, the Amityville movie to end all Amityville movies. Oh, my God. So, uh, I'm going to start with Amityville Karen uh, first here. Uh, you get the premise yeah. from the title. Uh, it's about this uh, bitch woman. <laughs> <laughs> Just bitch of a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is the only one that doesn't take place in Amityville in my bracket. Okay. So it takes place in, uh, I think it's Southern California. I mean, it's it, they're filming in yeah. LA. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the reason why it connects to Amityville is that this woman drinks uh, Amityville wine <laughs> and becomes possessed. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So she is a, a compliance officer. Uh, we kind of assume that means that she works for like the health department in some capacity. And okay. she basically is like... Mostly harassing the employees at this vineyard that are trying to put on a wine event. And then some of them are trying to put on a beer tasting, which is kind of a subplot, which really doesn't go anywhere. (laughs) Uh, I will say... (sighs) Bad movies are all God's children. Yes. Except for this one. <laughs> this one can no. Go no, they to hell. are like 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 we've already brought up, like it's uh I'd I'd rather see a movie where an individual like wanted to put something out mm-hmm. and like had a drive to do it and yada yada yada. Yeah. Than watch a Marvel movie. Any one of them. Yeah. Like Yeah. Like I would rather watch every single shot on video film ever made. 
yep. and see another Marvel yep. movie in my life. Um, this movie may have exposed me to my limitations for that idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's way too long. Uh, it Is was... this one the 100 minute long one? So, yes. Yes. You can tell Sorry, by my exhaustion your... by it. No, okay. no, 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 no. I, I, I'm glad I didn't drop that detail. Thank you for bringing it up. Take your punchline from someone. Amityville. No, no, I didn't have one set up. Uh, Amityville Karen, uh, the the lead Karen in this movie is kind of a fun character. Like, mm-hmm. she has, like, uh, nightmares where she's in fits and she's saying, like, no, no, show me to your manager. Like, <laughs> I want to speak to your manager, like, type stuff. Like, that stuff is funny. Like, she does, like, a workout routine where she's, like, like after she's possessed, uh, she's like, I'm going to kill Kevin and cut his dick off, like, type stuff. Like, <laughs> like that, th- that type of, like, driven, like, suburban Karen yeah. identity stuff, like, really uh, is the right idea. Yeah. It's, yeah, it sounds a little over the top, but it's, like, pushing it, those, those, those moments in the right spot. It is. Unfortunately, I, th- I think this is the first uh, film that this director had made. Okay. Uh, I think he he's worked on other stuff. He's directed mm-hmm. other stuff since this last year, I mm-hmm. think, even. Um, unfortunately, the jokes are pretty bad. And uh, it's boring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was rooting for this movie. I, I really was. It's it's just not very good it, overall. I When you said that it was Amityville Karen, I imagined that it was either involving... The Karen was either going to be the real estate agent trying to sell the Amityville house or someone... Or the, the Amityville Karen was the purchaser of the Amityville house from a realtor. And there was going to be, you know some conflict of of whatever. I like that idea. Yeah. That would work. Uh I will say like uh I think three or four times people like knock on her front door and she opens the front door and they come into her house and she just closes it and then she screams at them like uh I didn't invite you into my house. You're trying to assault me. Like I'm going to report you. I'm going to call the police. Like it's it's literally like the Standard Karen, yeah, yeah, Karen stuff over and over again. Uh, at one point, she does say, uh, when she's looking, rubbing on her iPhone, <laughs> she says, Why does everyone have a podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Karen, <laughs> our podcast is going to be longer than your movie. Well, actually, this one probably won't be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a wild moment where uh, her pool boy, uh, pretty deep in the movie, is sucking on her toes by the side of the pool. Oh, okay. And uh, she says, uh, stop sucking on my toes until I have my wine. Don't talk to me until my toes have been sucked, but only after my <laughs> wine has been consumed and Painted then my the- toes sucked. <laughs> Then talk in your to kitchen. me. <laughs> <laughs> in like 16 different fonts, it says that. Uh, and then at uh, one point, like near the end when she's getting killed, uh, one of the characters says, uh, take this, you wine cunt. And her response <laughs> is, I'm going to get you fired. 
<laughs> Which is pretty funny, actually. <laughs> like I wanted more. I wanted more of that, but unfortunately, uh, this movie is uh, of all things to say about Amityville Karen. This movie is bloated. <laughs> There's way too much shit going on in this film. There are so many actors in this movie, like which I was not expecting. And then at the end of the movie, when it's like over, like we go into this montage of uh, news reporters around the world, like reporting on the Amityville Karen, and then it devolves into like influencers reporting on it. And I was like, what is going on here? Why is this bit like continuing? Why does it keep going? And I was like, oh, these were all people that donated to the GoFundMe. So this movie made some money to get produced. Not a lot. I mean, yeah. I'm not like faulting them for doing no. that. I think that no, process I think is that's great. great. I good but for them. It, yeah. It's lit- like you watch like 30 different people at the end of the movie <laughs> doing Just their like prancing. I'm like, no, not even jokes. They they all have to do like a news report about. Oh, but I mean, like, like they're Karen. on screen. They get to come on screen. These people. Uh. One at a time. Yeah. Like, like they record at home. So, like, oh. you watch all of their, like, GoFundMe-backed bits, like, in order. Oh. <laughs> like, and it's it's a huge part of why this movie is so long. It's, like, the last oh 12 God. minutes of the movie. Oh, jeez. Skip it. A <laughs> hundred minutes. Good grief. Uh, so let's get to Amityville Christmas Vacation. Uh, the first line of this movie is basically, all cops are bastards. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, so this movie is about a, uh, a, a woman that, a, uh, that, that apparently is doing an Airbnb thing for a the Amityville house, basically. Mm-hmm. I think it's technically across the street from the Amityville house, <laughs> which is a joke that does come up in here. Uh, this movie is a mixture of Amityville and a Hallmark movie. <laughs> and it's 50 minutes long. It's wow, a great time. Cool. Okay. It, okay. It's so corny. It's so, so corny. The director of the movie stars in it. Great. There's a lot of scenes where it's just him. We love that. I love that. I I love a singular weirdo who is Mm -hmm. like, this is my vision. This is my voice. Star, producer, (laughs) caterer, lighting, music editing, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. Um, I had a really fucking good time with this one. Awesome. It's about him falling in love with the ghost in the Amityville house. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> it's silly, it, it but it's kind of like, cute. It's got a Casper it's so element. It's so silly. It's so, so <laughs> silly. Um, and he has a, uh, a... When we're first introduced to him, he's wearing like a shirt that says like, World's Greatest Cop, like in like, a, <laughs> like an Xmas thing. Yeah. Like an Xmas style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's lured here as the ostensible winner of a raffle... But really, he's being targeted by this person who's like, oh, this hero cop? There's no good cops. All cops are bastards. Hell yeah. <laughs> and so she entraps him uh, into this ghost house where the ghost is uh, killing anyone that comes in, right? Nice, nice. So uh, he 
also has a very big chunky boy cat. Oh. <laughs> uh, who is a big fat bangle. Oh. <laughs> and the oh. cat is very sweet. And apparently the cat is also the star of multiple other movies that he's directed. <sighs> he's a fucking star, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it. So, I mean, this movie, I, I, it's so silly. Like, it's so, so, so silly. And it tries to be a joke-a-minute thing, and it doesn't want any fluff in it. And then it's like, this is what I've said. (laughs) These are the jokes I want to make. Now I'm done. Now the movie's over. So it's like in and out. It's like, great. This was the mission statement of Amityville Christmas Vacation. And uh, period. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then it's just done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has like uh, some really good jokes about like the police in it. And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to like abuse my power, like blah, 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 blah. You know, normal cop stuff. You know, like, like we all do these, it. <laughs> these types of gags. Like, yes. Like, it's yes. like, like when he gets to the, uh, the crisis where he's like, oh, I need, I need help here to solve this situation. He's like, what am I going to do? He's like, I'm going to do what any good cop does. I'm going to abuse the system for my own self-interest. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. All right. All right. I like the standpoint that yeah. this filmmaker is taking. Yeah. These jokes are a lot uh, saucier yeah. than I expected yeah. and a lot more uh, real <laughs> Yeah, yeah. than uh, a lot of other movies in this genre. Mm-hmm. The comedy Amityville genre, Comedyville, yeah. Comedyville. There we go. Mm-hmm. So I can guess which one is moving on from that. Yeah, one. Was, you that know pairing. what it fucking is. It's gonna be so Amityville Christmas Vacation versus Amityville Karen. Go to hell, you wine cunt, you Karen. I'm quoting the movie. I'm not doing misogyny. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Amityville Xmas Vacation wins. So. Hell yeah. Let's do our uh, our final pair-ups here. Because, that sounds great. Because we, we have to get a winner for this uh, this division in our Shocktober brackets. So we do. Remind me where we're at. You're at... I've uh, got my, la- my four that have moved on are The Howling, Child's Play 2, The Blob, and Skinamarink. So I have... Your the first Howling pair up against Child's Play Two. Okay, Child's Play Two is advancing. Hell yeah, The Blob and Skinamarink. Skinamarink is advancing. Okay, so I've got Child's Play Two against Skinamarink. That's and, a wild. Uh, Rink is advancing. Oh, it's Skinamarink. Okay, I love this. I just I, I love yeah. this. It's uh, uh, yeah. It the the experience of watching it like alone with just really late at night in my apartment it was really fun it it made me creeped out and it's just i i like it i know that it's i can i completely understand people not being into it people being bored by it because like yeah there's not a lot that happens but like that's what i think makes it so creepy for me is because it's there's so much space for allowing the viewer to either try and take in these dark shots and and make something out of it or even just let your mind wander of like i've i I, this is familiar to me 
I remember being kind of creeped out in the dark. Yeah. Being a kid or alone anytime. Doesn't you don't have to be a kid. I still get creeped out in the dark. There are moments where if I'm moving from one space to another, like especially in like a basement, like turning the lights off, I like move faster up the stairs because it's just it's too dark and it scares me. I don't see I can't see what's behind me. It like there's weird noises that you can't always explain, even though most of the time it's probably just, you know, the the moans and groans of being in a building, but it it's such a fun and uh visceral and and sort of nostalgic experience of like yeah like being a a terrified kid alone it doesn't necessarily like it it even made me think about like yeah various times that I've maybe kind of been on my own as a kid and that was kind of terrifying and being able to navigate the space that I'm in and not being aware of like yeah where where's the exit can I get out where am I where's mom and dad or even you know? being worried about what's at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. getting up, going to the bathroom. Is there a nightlight? Or even just like I had so many moments of, you know, being asleep in my room and it, the light switch kind of had a little bit of an orange glow to it in the dark so you could find it. And I always had this thought of like, you know, what would be the most terrifying thing is that as I'm watching, looking at that orange little light switch. Like, what if suddenly it just kind of, there's like a moment where it's black because something is passing in front of it, you know, like. Yeah, small little things. Yeah. That can be very powerful once you, once a familiar space becomes alienated, yeah, that can be really upsetting. Your familiar space is kind of weaponized against you with this, like, uncertainty and, yeah. So Skinnamarink. Is winning this bracket. Is winning my, this my bracket. My physical media bracket. So we are going to wait to see yeah, uh, whether or not Skinnamarink can be upset in the coming weeks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, well, I will say my results now. Yes. Uh, so I've got Amityville in space versus Amityville Horror, the remake. Mm-hmm. Amityville in space is winning. 100%. Cool. The remake is, like I said, uh, very bad. <laughs> it I remember it not being very. Yeah, it's just like oh, this it's, sort it's, of stepdad it's a is silly. It's it's, it, like, it's a very silly thing. They uh, they give like some history to like the land and the property. That's sort of maybe why uh, it's haunted. It, it doesn't even really yeah. care about that so much. Uh, but amityville in space knows what it knows what it is it's a very stupid movie about the (laughs) amityville house going into space made by people with not a lot of resources but are obsessed with making movies so i respect that so amityville in space has taken it yeah and then amongst uh amityville 2 the possession or yeah the possession yes not just possession Uh uh-huh uh, versus Amityville Christmas. I got to give this to Amityville Christmas. I got to say. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Christmas versus In Space. It's going to Christmas. Amazing. I mean, that's the 50 minute one, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the absolute yeah, shortest uh... one in the bracket. I'm really uh, happy that I dipped my toe into the Amityville universe because there is so much fucking shit. Yeah. out there and these movies like cross so many different tones mm-hmm. like 
I, throughout this, like it's a subgenre. Throughout this subgenre, like people make so many different decisions about whether or not to take it seriously, make it into a farce, make it into a joke. Yeah. Uh, and there are so many low, low, <laughs> or no budget entries into the Amityville universe that I just can't turn away. Yeah. I mean, you could pair it with any any sort of subgenre or other genre or other topic like it it, it like go for it like who fucking cares at this point like, yeah i think you know? the closest analogy for what you see when you look up like amityville movies would be like uh basically like exorcist knockoffs yeah like yeah something like that mm-hmm. like it's all those are all over the board but I appreciate the supreme silliness and the yuck a minute mentality yeah. of Amityville Christmas Vacation. Hell yeah. Well that's a that's an interesting pairing of movies that we have of our <laughs> that quadrant versus winners. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll see going forward. We're 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 getting into the uh final four here. So we've got our first ones mm-hmm. of the final four. Can you tell us what you're going to do for next week's episode? Uh, Ooh, that's a good question. I am going to look at my bracket sort of Well, while you're pulling that up, I will tell you what my next one is. Please do. I have underseen trauma movies. Oh, nice. So I'm going to be doing a bracket of uh, trauma entertainment films. Hell yeah. So, uh, if you want to recommend, I, I think I have my eight settled up, uh, but if anyone out there wants to recommend one to me that they insist that I watch, uh, you can find where to find us uh, in the show notes, but we're ScreamingRoomPod at gmail.com or at the Roomcast on Twitter. The Roomcast on Twitter. Plugging awesome. yeah. our social. Or one social. I uh, I might dive into the uh, folk horror quadrant Ooh. of my bracket. I've got you know, I'll I'll read a a few of them that I have here. The first f- like four. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the the 1920s movie Haxon. Oh, amazing! I've never seen it. I'm also going to all most of these movies I've never seen actually. I'm also going to watch Deliverance. I've never seen Deliverance. I That's know an the banjo entry into that. Uh-huh. I know the banjo line. I know I know kind of vaguely of what I'm getting into. Okay. I'm going to watch uh The Reflecting Skin and uh a couple other ones, but uh, another one that I haven't seen is Eve's Bayou. Oh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got I've got a few more on that list that obviously I'll get into in the next episode. But I think that's gonna be where I'm gonna go. I also uh, because we do around 32 movies each quadrant is about eight movies. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of sections that I'm that I have like four and four because I'll be doing at some point I'll be doing the Hatchet series, which has Hatchet <laughs> one, two, and three, and then Victor Crowley. Great. And then I've picked out. Uh, four Gaspar Noé movies that are oh, no. going to be pretty devastating. Oh, no way. Emotionally. Oh, no way. Have yeah. you seen uh, Climax before? 
I have. I've seen. Okay. I, I've seen two of them. The. I've seen. There's a couple yeah. on there. Tell me before we, we before we go, which ones? Sorry. <laughs> I've seen Enter the Void and Climax. Ooh. Um, my other two that I haven't seen are Irreversible and then Vortex. Oh no. <laughs> I'm gonna like I gotta figure out a way to space these out with something happy. Yeah. Because I yeah. Well, I, I mean know. I gave you movies specifically about fascism and I tried to give you ones that were two that were more cathartic and two that are not as yeah. cathartic. They're a little bit meaner. A little yeah. bit meaner. So uh, Vortex, I, I will say I haven't seen Vortex because uh, that's specifically the type of film that puts me in existential agony. Yep. Well, and I, I, uh, I have a hard time getting through that material. I, I acquired that movie the same day that I also acquired a different movie that I feel like is going to be of a similar feeling. It's the, I believe it's Michael Haneke, Amour. Yes, um, yep. that's another one that I steered away both from. Both of these movies, Vortex and Amour, are essentially, as the least amount of information I can give about it, it's about two aging couples and different sort of uh, either mental illnesses or just sort of like you're getting older and this is kind of what happens as you get older. And uh yeah. It's going to be really hard. It's going to be extremely sad. And, uh, but I, well, I want to. In the see meantime, it. <laughs> I recommend watching Amityville Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Watch something fun. Watch something fun. Don't put yourself through this shit, you know? Jesus <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to make it. We're having a good spooky season. Yeah. We're doing great. All right. I have a huge tin of candy that I would love for you to help me eat off mic. Yeah, let's do it. Bye. Uh... No, you have to say goodbye. All right, bye. <laughs> sure. Tonight at the Cobweb Hotel, you find that the service is well. Now you needn't be shy. I won't harm a fly. Spend the night at the Cobweb Hotel. Come into my parlor, please do. In a while, all your cares will be through. There'll be no rent to pay. Cause you'll be here to stay. Spend the night at the Cobweb Hotel.